0: Far be it from me to suggest that it's a hockey night in Pittsburgh, but it is. And never, ever, ever let go of the excitement that's involved in that. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning and happy hockey season, everybody. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're in, too. Football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of the other two teams in town that I cover, the Steelers and the Pirates. But tonight is, in fact, a hockey night. I'll be at PPG Paints Arena, Penguins versus Blackhawks. That's an 8-12 p.m. puck drop to accommodate the ESPN national audience. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang will be sharing the same uniform For an 18th consecutive season, that breaks the North American professional sports record. Breaks the tie, I should say, with the Yankees, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, and Jorge Posada. That's all by itself a phenomenal, outrageous achievement to be appreciated in our city. But this doesn't even come close to what this is going to be about, because this is also Eric Carlson's debut in Pittsburgh, one of the truly great offensive defensemen to ever play the game. And on top of that, if you're just a general hockey fan, someone who loves the sport, on the other bench will be Connor Bedard, the young man who was just drafted first overall, who a lot of people see as a can't-miss superstar. It'll be his first NHL game anywhere. It'll be his chance to do what Mario did in his first NHL game anywhere, which was at the old Boston Garden. First shift, first shot, first goal on poor Pete Peters, who had no chance. You know, I've been doing this for a while, this here journalism thing, and I've enjoyed it. I really have. We're not fans. We're not rooters. We're not rah-rah, but that doesn't keep me from enjoying what it is that I do within the context of the job. And there aren't many things in this line of work that I'll embrace more than opening night in hockey. But when you add all these other variables into it, this is going to be special. It really is. That said, I've got something else to offer this morning. Every time you watch Sidney Patrick Crosby going over the boards for a shift, remember it. Take mental snapshots of it. Study him. Don't just watch him. Follow him around the rink, especially if you're there, if you're in the building. Just track 87. Watch the game how he watches it. Watch his head, which direction he's looking, where the play is going, where he's anticipating that it'll go, where he's expecting his line mates to go. This will be the second time I've referenced Mario already on this episode, but this is the kind of thing I used to do with 66. Because I was in the building, this was pre-reporter days, just buying a ticket and going, I would just follow him around the rink. Not all the time, not every game, but when the mood would hit me, when I really just wanted to fully soak up everything that there was about his greatness, I would just laser in on him. And I got to tell you, even if I'd never covered, as a reporter, a single game that he played, if I'd never gotten to know the man, as well as I've been fortunate enough to know him. I feel like I took in as much of his career as anyone could have just from doing that. I feel like no one would ever need to tell me or show me anything about Mario that I wouldn't already have known. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just a, it's a different feel that you have for that player, for that player's greatness Sid's still here, guys. He's still performing at a high level. He's not the best player in the NHL anymore. Connor McDavid's passed him. Others have passed him. This kid, Bedard, might pass him before long. Who knows? But he's still doing On the rink, things that have made him great for such a long time. He's still utilizing the same smarts, the same savvy, the same physical gifts. The hand-eye coordination, the ability to kick the puck to his blade while in full stride. How about that lead pass to spring Drew O'Connor for the breakaway the other night in Buffalo in the preseason game? Watch him enjoy him appreciate him applaud him but don't take your eyes off him he's still here and he's still great what a night this could be my friends overall what a night this could be when we come back j1q J1Q comes from Cody who says, DK, as I look back at this offseason ahead of this season opener, I can't help but wonder how Kyle Dubas has done so much in such a short time. All I heard last year was no cap space, full of boat anchors, can't do anything. Dubas in a couple months changed over half the team for what seems to be the better. When he was done, he had no projected cap room. So what did he do? Did he sit on his hands saying no cap room? No, he brought people in on PTOs and claimed wave prospects who were fighting for and winning roster spots. We talk about Eric Carlson being the biggest acquisition, but in reality, the biggest addition this offseason for the Penguins has been Dubas. Cody, I can tell you're a fan of the man's work. I would respectfully disagree about His being a bigger acquisition than Carlson, and I'm sure he would too, but he's the one who made the acquisition, so maybe you're right. To date, I've been not impressed, but like you, just floored by what Dubas was able to do in short order. I'm not going to project it. I'm not going to predict anything off of it because I also know that he was running the show in Toronto and the Maple Leafs were still the Maple Leafs by the time he left they had some bigger names, but the same results. That said, yeah, he he did some pretty neat stuff in taking over for Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, in cleaning up their mistakes, in cleaning out cap space. But yeah, the other thing that you mentioned in carving out the competition and changing the complexion of the roster at the same time, the Penguins roster as it's set going into this opener, the 22 players who are on it, 12 of them were on the team last season. That is significant turnover, obviously almost half. But within that, if you go over the, the structure that's been put together with the bottom six and with some of the defensemen, and even for that matter, with Alex as the backup goaltender, you've addressed almost everything that was missing from the team last year. You wanted the bottom six to have a purpose. They, meaning Dubas and Mike Sullivan, prioritized defending and to an extent speed and grit with those guys instead of trying to make three scoring lines or whatever. They went that route and they pulled it off. There are a lot of things I think that might disappoint people along the way over an 82-game season. I don't think that it's going to be the bottom six, not this year. They might not score a ton, but they're going to be visible. They're going to be palpable. They're going to make an impact in some form other than just going out there and killing time until the next guys take a shift. Defensively, I mean, they got Carlson. But on top of that, he picked up Ryan Graves, who's a pretty good hockey player, a first-pairing guy with the Devils. And then from there, you know, the competition thing ended up not being a massive deal because a lot of guys who were brought in, PTOs and whatever else, aren't going to be on the roster opening night. Colin White is an example. Sullivan clearly liked what he did. White did get signed to a contract, but White also was put through to wilkes Radim Zahorn is another one. Uh, Vinny Hinnestroza. Uh, these are guys that maybe people thought were going to be on this roster and aren't, but they're still here. They're in the organization. And that also was part of the plan to try to get as many players through to Wilkes-Barre as possible so that when they're needed, and they inevitably will be needed, there's someone to call upon. It's not just this sad whatever. Who's the one guy who's showing a pulse over the past weekend that we can bring up from Wilkes-Barre? Now you have actual choices. You have actual NHL level, dare I say, choices. This GM, Cody, did all of that at the risk of echoing you here amid a sea of other challenges. The whole thing, if you think about it, could have gotten blown up just by the Carlson trade. The whole thing, if that wasn't pulled off the way it was, if you weren't able to match up the salary cap issues on both the Pittsburgh end and on the San Jose end, if you weren't able to get Montreal involved in that mix, if you weren't able to move Jeff Petrie and Casey DeSmith, Mikhail Granlund, for God's sake, they found a taker for Granlund, despite what he just put on videotape over the final quarter of the last NHL season. Yes, yes, a robust round of stick taps for the new guy. He did really well. Now, now... Let's see where it goes. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.